Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. What's shaking, Red Nation? Welcome to another episode of The Dream Take, presented by The Dream Shake, home of all things Houston Rockets on SBNation.com. Jeremy Brennan here, and tonight, talking another Rockets loss. Same old, same old as it seems. Final score, Minnesota Timberwolves 141, your Houston Rockets 123. If you like points, this is a good game for you, but... If you and if you like points for the Minnesota Timberwolves, another good game for you. If you like the Houston Rockets, but a little too many points for the other opposition, probably not the game for you. And I have a feeling that's the boat that Michael Brown resides in, my co-pilot Mike. Uh, too many points tonight. The Rockets gave up. Uh, What's up, brother? Always good to be on with you. Of uh, <laughs> what? What was that? <laughs> This is Michael from the Wild Wild West coming in. I'm uh, <laughs> I mean, I know I was supposed to be off time, but you and I have to talk about what's going on because. Right, well, yes, you were off, and this is the second time we've done this in, in the last week or so. Uh, so you've obviously got something on your mind. So I'll, I'll give you the mic first, and and I'll react. Yeah, it's time to seriously consider getting rid of Stephen Silas. Because, Interesting. Because Come he's out right lost. through it. Yeah, he's lost. This team sucks, dude. He can't run a rotation. Why is Jalen Green not playing in the fourth quarter? And don't give me some BS excuse about, well, you know, you can't play your your starters in a blowout. Okay, well, you, you have guys that you have to get time for to develop. The only way that Jalen Green's going to get better is to have him on the court. Stop wasting time with guys like Deshaun Nix. Deshaun Nix sucks. Thanks, Trent- Dacia Nix sucks. Traveling Queen sucks. Traveling Queen didn't play tonight. I know, but I'm just you get my I'm using it as an example. The fact that these guys get any sort of time is a joke. Like play Jalen Green. And I'm so sick and tired of Steven Silas having that same dumbass look on his face when you're getting pounded on your home court by the Minnesota Timberwolves. Do you think that the fact that the Rockets also play tomorrow night, like I am, look, I don't think your, your, uh, your idea of getting rid of Silas is off, but I think, you know, giving Jalen green 26 minutes tonight is not the reason why you fire Silas. No, it's not, but That's it's, a, not it's it. a component. He can't run a rotation, dude. Well, because also you have to look at the fact that the Rockets um, are playing once again on a back to back. They play, Uh, on Monday night against the Philadelphia 76ers. So we've had a lot of games lately that have been back-to-back. So I think that the rotations and such, it's it's not like a fireable offense, in my opinion, because you still have to look at the long term. Today marks the 41st game, so they're officially halfway through the season now. And, you know, Jalen Green is just a few weeks removed from uh, an injury that he had that held him out for a month. So... I don't necessarily think, you know, not playing him in the fourth quarters of blowouts, giving him garbage time minutes and instead giving those minutes to guys like Josh Christopher and guys like, you know, I think that that last rotation that they played at the end of the game with Knicks and Christopher and Nawaba, KJ, I don't necessarily, like that's, it's garbage time. And Josh Christopher is really the only guy that, in the in that group is someone and and KJ, Josh Christopher and KJ are the guys that you see as developing pieces on this team moving forward. So I don't necessarily like that whole garbage time thing. Like to me, it's not really relevant when you bring up ideas as to why Steven Silas should not be the coach of this team. If if we're really going there, um, you know, I just the problem with the team is that. They, they don't have good defenders. They, they don't. And 
you know, Tevin Porter showing improvements on defense and Jay Sean Tate being a good defender just isn't enough. The defensive, uh, the defensive mindset for this team the past two games has been pretty close to non-existent. And the fact is, you know, the effort is part of it, I'd say, but also the fact that they just haven't been able, like tonight they were, you know, severely down in size and they got, they got killed on the boards um, and they had no answer for Towns. They had no answer for uh, Jared Vanderbilt. They And then, you know, they made their threes too. D'Angelo Russell, five of nine from three. Carl Anthony Towns, four of six from three. So it's a combination of all of these things as to why the Rockets are giving up 141 points in 48 minutes of basketball. It's just sad, man. I mean, everything you said is spot on. I'm using the fourth quarter tonight from what I saw as an example of Silas, I think it ultimately comes down to he's in over his head. He can't do this. He's not the guy to lead you to where you need to go. He just or he isn't. has a half-baked team that he's coaching, and he's doing the best with what he has. Yeah, but my problem is that looking at the team right now, it's not going to be drastically different next year. And this is now two years that we're having the same conversations over and over and over again, that they're making the same errors. They don't try on defense. There's no effort. They don't talk. They don't communicate at all. And the thing is that you need somebody on this team. You need a hard ass to be the head coach of this team. You need somebody that's going to get into these dudes night in and night out when they're not trying. And something's something has got. I thought it would, the shakeup was going to be with what happened with Christian Wood and with Kevin Porter Jr. And I don't know, Jeremy, at, at this point, if it's this team doesn't have a point guard. You know, maybe this is the time to play John Wall because I'm out of ideas, dude. Because well, we're going to go. Offense, the offense we're go isn't this. much of the issue. At least it wasn't tonight. I think to me it's defense. It, it really does come down to sure. defense and. And I think what you're looking at is guys that are learning on the fly. And, you know, when – and it's really difficult to get a bunch of guys who are learning together to translate that into wins against a team like the Timberwolves who are a little bit further along in where they want to be. Like the Rockets – the Rockets are about a year or two behind from where the Timberwolves are. So, I, like, the goal should be – that the Rockets are where the Timberwolves are within a year or two. This is this is Anthony Edwards' second year, and yeah, yeah. the good thing with him is that he he's come into a team already with Carl Anthony Towns and already with D'Angelo Russell, and Christian Wood is not on the same level as Carl Anthony Towns, so the Rockets are are further behind the Wolves where they are. And they're further behind most of the teams in the NBA. That's why they don't win most of their games. And it's so it's normal. This this whole thing is is normal. It's another you know dose of reality check that the Rockets are simply a rebuilding team. And yes, it sucks. Nobody likes it. Nobody wants to do it. They've lost seventy five percent of their games this year. But that's just the reality of the situation. There's not much that they can really do about it, in my opinion, in the short term. My, the way that this team is right now, you take the guys, you see how much you have with every single person, you roll with the guys that are just placeholders at the moment, and then when the next season comes, you reevaluate, you shuffle the deck, you add in talent, and you, you continue to move forward and hope that those strides are being made. And do I think that – look, the Rockets were projected to finish, what, like 25 wins at the, begin, at the beginning of the season? Yeah, they're not touching 25 wins. Well, not, Mike, not if right you think now. about it, they're just a smidge under that right now. They yeah. are – so if we're saying 26 wins at the end of the season, they should have 13 wins by now. They have 11. Yeah. They're really only two games back of that pace. Yeah, I mean, yes, I agree with you. My problem is, I mean, you give up what twenty-one and nineteen to Jared Vanderbilt tonight. Like, if you're Christian Wood, no, he's no, he's fine. He averages six points and nine rebounds a game. He's a nice, nice role player. You give up twenty-one and nineteen. Shame on you, Christian Wood. 
Another example. Really? Had- that's, but that's another issue. That's another issue that the Rockets have when they face lineups. Like, look, the Rock, the Wolves went big tonight. They knew that the Rockets had no size, and they went big. They went with three guys what? that are six nine and taller. With Why did Daniel Tyson not play? McDaniel's and Carl t- Anthony Towns. Yeah. Why and- did Tyson not play? It's a question to everybody. Why did Daniel Tyson not play tonight, knowing what you're going up against? You think Daniel Tice is going to be better? I think Daniel Tice at least gives you some size, and you're not giving up 21 and 19 to Vanderbilt and a 40 piece to Carl Anthony Towns. At least Tice gives you defensive effort more than Christian Wood. But is Daniel Tice going to help the team long term? That's that's where that's not, we that's are, not, Mike. In this why is that in this question? whole micro versus macro debate, that it feels like we have on a nightly basis, it seems, you know, you're looking towards the future or you look towards now. And yes, there is, there is merit in winning games right now, even though the Rockets are rebuilding, but at the same time, you don't want to sacrifice too much of your future to where, so like you bring up John Wall and the reason why they're not playing John Wall is because the Rockets have a macro sense of perspective when it comes to this team, they're looking at the long term as opposed to the short term. Sure, John Wall might get you a couple more wins, but it really isn't going to benefit the team macro on the macro scale. And playing Daniel Tice tonight, sure, it might have gotten you a couple more rebounds. Do you win this game with Daniel Tice there tonight? I don't think so. And I think what would have happened, honestly, like, look, but if Shangun was playing tonight, if Shangun was out there, I do think Shangun would have gotten as many minutes as possible, probably would have gotten somewhere between 25 and 30 minutes, hopefully. And he would have helped on the boards. That That's my opinion when it comes to it. But that's, that's you know, this is a long rebuild. And, you know, Friday night was a reminder of it. Tonight was another reminder of it. And it seems like, you know, if the Rockets are going to win 25% of their games, that means three of four of these games, every, every four games, they're going to lose three of them. And given how the first half of the season has gone. It seems like out of those three losses they have, two of those losses are big losses. And one of those losses is sometimes a close loss, but not always, you know, most of these losses that they've had on this, you know, losing stretch that would have been, I guess what 11 game losing streak. Had they not won that game in Washington on Wednesday, it would have been an 11 game losing streak. They've lost most of these games by double digits. And the reason why they lose these games by double digits is because once they get there, they, it's hard for them to pull themselves out of it. And they're also playing it right seems now like they a, catch themselves like that early in the game and they're playing catch up in the second half. Yeah. The problem right now is that they're playing with no point guard. Kevin Porter Jr. is not a point guard. Everybody can miss me with that conversation because he's not a point guard. He's playing out of position. But Mike, you say that tonight, but no, I said, no, look but at the, the other night we were saying, yes, like, that, that's at, the thing is, is it's still, you know, 40 games is still not enough of a sample size for this. And Kevin Porter hasn't played in all of these 40 games. We're still way too early with that. After the season, I'd say, then we have enough of a sample size to really define it. And if we find a better point guard option in the draft or as a young trade asset that they were they would get in a trade that could build into someone like that, then yes, you make that evaluation and you go from there. But for me right now, Kevin Porter hasn't lost the point guard job yet. He still hasn't. He still has a lot of work to do um, on both ends of the floor, but that's natural. That's normal. I'm not like, this is not the time to hit the panic button. It de- like this loss shouldn't trigger that. It's Friday night's loss was worse. Yeah. So but it's compounding. Is, it's both of them. That's the thing, dude, is that, like, what do you, what do you, you want to continue the same old, same old? Because that's what it is. That's what every Rockets fan right now is going through. There's not enough anger, in my opinion. Like, the fans right now are not pissed off enough about this situation. Because, it's, why, a, well, again, because it's a mess. Fans, why should the fans care? Fans are plenty mad. They get mad over the smallest little thing. If their eggs are not cooked perfectly, they get mad. I had some good eggs this morning. Uh, but that's but like, that's the thing is, like, no, the the fan the the madness level of the fans. You're you must be not you must not be on the side of Twitter that I'm on, because Rockets fans have been frustrated this whole season, and they find the smallest little sliver 
of something to get mad about. And it's just not, it's not worth my time personally. And it's, and it's why, but also at the same time, this team is going to, this team is going to struggle at times, but there isn't enough yet for me that says they're going to miss because in reality, they have Jalen Green, and even though he had a bad night, he'll be fine. Shengun, who hasn't played the last week and a half, he'll be fine. And they're going to get a really good player in this next draft, and he'll be fine. And as long as the Rockets are heading in that direction and those guys are all making strides, and it doesn't necessarily have to be every single night where they, they have to play better than they did the night before, they can have they can slip up. They can make mistakes. They can have off nights like every player in the NBA does. And it's okay. It's not the end of the world that this team is 11 and 30 midway through the year. It was expected. It was a little less than expected. We we said 26 wins was the over under and they are a little less than they're two games under that right now. So that to me shows that the Rockets they could be playing a little bit better, but they're a pretty close bit. to what we were, what we should have expected. Yeah, but not not doing what they're doing the past. The last and I think games. had Jalen Green and Kevin Porter been healthy for a good, like I think, I think had they been healthy, they, then maybe they get those two wins somewhere. They need a point guard, a real point guard to and, manage them on the court. Kevin Porter Jr. has solidified himself that he needs to be a part of the Rockets' long-term outlook. Doesn't mean he has to be at a point guard spot because he's not a point guard. They keep trying to fit a square peg in a round hole. It's not working. And the thing is, why is DJ Augustine not playing at all? Again, Mike, micro versus macro. It's Okay, he's the one guy that can actually set your offense up, though, and run the offense, and he's not playing. Not okay. It's just not okay, man. It's and a micro thing, versus. I, it's dude, a micro versus macro thing, Mike. It really it doesn't matter. That's like, all this, that matters is the micro right now. Play, but then, but then you have people that are, but then you have people that are saying, oh well, why isn't Josh Christopher getting the correct amount of minutes? Like, because the thing is, if you give DJ Augustine minutes, that's fine, but you have to take away minutes from somebody. Kevin Porter. And those minutes are probably coming out of Josh Christopher's uh, minutes log, and that isn't necessarily a good idea either they don't play the same position josh christopher's minutes wouldn't be in again mike positions don't matter to this team that's why this team is in the spot that they're in or it's part mike, of the reason positions because don't matter to most teams that's the thing good really? teams are playing positionless basketball as well who that's how the league is right now but every team regardless has at least a point guard the rockets not are playing right now without a point guard Give me one. T- give me one successful team that is playing right now without a true point guard in their starting rotation. I'd say Denver. Okay. Denver has a bunch of like because they're playing with like Campazzo and, and Monty Morris and all those yeah, guys. Those a point guys guard. can double as point guards and two guards and Austin Rivers and like you know Campazzo's you can make the argument guard, for though. those guys, but that's that's pointless to this. That's pointless to the topic. Well, this is a Rockets podcast. This isn't an NBA podcast. We're we're talking about the Rockets right now. The Rockets are on trial. Nobody else is on trial. Yeah, and and they're a complete mess. There's not one functional part of this organization outside of Jalen Green. But here's the deal with Kevin Porter, right? Yep. Kevin Porter has abilities to be a point guard. Are they fully realized yet? No. But that's – how are you going to – how are you going to see that through? Because Kevin Porter, as you mentioned, Mike, is someone who has solidified his place in the organization moving forward. He is too talented enough to just let go. He is someone that needs to be here. Mm-hmm. But yes, absolutely. Then why not build him into a point guard? That's what they're trying to do. They're trying to build him into the point guard, and that takes time. And to me, I'm – I mean, yes, tonight is not looking – tonight's not a good example of this, but – Overall, I think we've seen enough from Kevin Porter where he's made enough improvements in that in that regard to not lose it at this point. I mean, you're in the middle of the season. You're not going to change it. Exactly. I, you're I, in the middle I, of the season. I agree Give with it a you. full season. Give it a full season. And then at the end of the season, evaluate where you are. Look in the draft. If you think Jaden Ivey is a better, is a better player 
and he's worth putting on the team. And you think that you can get a lineup that has Ivy and Porter and Jalen Green and Shengun and all those guys, then then take Jaden Ivy, make him the point guard moving forward. But then again, Jaden Ivy, he's not a he's not like a true point guard either. So you you run that risk too. And then you're like, oh, well, who's really the point guard? Is it Ivy? Is it Porter? Is it Jalen Green? Is it this person? Is it that person? Is it Josh Christopher? So that's the thing is they let this season play out. The season's halfway over. So we have a full 41 games left that will double the sample size what we currently see to figure out more about Kevin Porter. Then at the offseason, evaluate what you have. See if Kevin Porter is worth moving forward with as your point guard, or if there is a better option, if there is a better option, you go for it. Sure. Yes. But at this point, there's not a better option and they are going to go for the best player available at their draft position. And whether that person is Ivy or whether it's a big or whoever, they're going to take the best player available and then work their team around that. That's how rebuilds work. You, you really can't go for fit when you're drafting at the top of the draft, you have to go for the best player available at that position. And, for right now, who knows who it's going to be? We, the, you know, the lottery is four months from now, five months from now, who knows? But right now, Kevin Porter is the point guard of the team until he loses that job. And he it won't be losing that job for the next 41 games at least. So it's just, it's, get used to it. Well, it's sad to see the state of the organization and the roster. Uh, is where I'm at. But Mike, like, it's, it's, it's not even normal. This, it's is, not, no, this is normal. This is not normal. Jeremy, yes, this is, is not, normal. No, it's not. Look it is the, normal. Look at the way the Thunder play. At least they play with heart and effort. Our guys just don't give a damn right now. That's not. But Mike, you don't. can't. You can't that's say coaching. that. You can't. I that, absolutely that's, you can't say that. Watch. You can't say game. that because of what Watch happened the they don't give five a days ago, Mike. Five days ago, you wouldn't be saying this about our team at all. What when they played? Washington. When they played the Wizards and they beat the Wizards and we had, you yeah, know, oh, it's a great fi- night. Everyone played well, even if they didn't play that well. We still got the win. This team that's can find days. ways to get wins. It's not going to happen every night, but it can still happen. This team, you can't say this team doesn't care when they're down 26 in the fourth quarter and they're still trying to get in a run. No, I can absolutely the say that they quarter, don't care because look at the way they played throughout the game. It starts with coaching. Ask, starts- ask the players if they don't care. If the players say they don't care, then you're right. But I doubt that these players don't care about whether they win or lose. They definitely do. But it's it's a process, Mike. It's a process. Everyone has to go through this process at some point. And, yes, the Rockets have historically been a great franchise because they've never truly had to blow it up. They've yeah. ne- every, every time they've had to pass the torch in our lives as Rockets fans – They've been able to do it to where they didn't have to blow the team up. But sometimes when you build the team as best as you can, the only way to build it is to start down to start over and build from the ground up. And that's exactly what they're doing. And right now they're in the 20%. It's like a cookie or it's like a chicken. You can't eat a chicken breast when it's cooked at 20%. You die. You die if you think that your chicken is good when it's 20%. You have to let it cook the full way through. And the Rockets are not even half-baked yet. So let the Rockets cook. Let the Rockets bake in the oven. Let the Rockets get ready. Put some seasoning on it. All of that. Right now they have a unseasoned chicken breast. And they're putting a little seasoning in there. And then once you... Once you bake it, once you, you know, baste it with whatever type of juice you got, then you have something that you can actually eat and that will actually, you know, have a chance. Well, this is what right now you have just a chicken breast. This is what happens when you have inept ownership and a terrible head coach. But Mike, you can't just just say that. You can't just say the team sucks. The team is inept. You can't just say that. You can say that if we're at this position for 15-something years like the Wolves have been. And the Wolves are finally getting it. It's it's great that the Wolves are finally getting it. You can say the team is inept and terrible and all that if the Rockets have been in this position for 15 years. Then you can start saying that. But right now, the Rockets are at least showing that they are moving towards a direction where they they have potential. Wait, wait, wait. How? In what world are they moving towards – 
any sort of direction of positivity outside of Jalen Green and Shengun. Last week proved it to How? me. They got Shengun in the draft. They won one game last week. How is that Mike, pointing towards you, relevancy? You act like you're acting like you haven't been here the whole season. I have. You're acting like you're acting all, like all brand new because you think that this team is like, oh, why are they losing like this? No. You're acting the all way, brand new. I don't know why. Losing. We've been doing 40-something podcasts on this. No, but I'm team. trying to figure know out. this team now. I'm trying to figure out how last week you get – you're optimistic about the direction. They won one game last week. How is that pointing – give me one – out. Do you trust Silas? Not, not to coach less a than a month ago. They won seven games in a row. Okay, seven. That's great. It's fantastic. So that's what I'm saying. Like they've got 11 like, wins just on the year. Because they lose today doesn't erase what's already happened in the past. It's how they've lost the last two games. Okay, and, and look, then look, from it, move forward. To me, I want to see a team that falls down but knows how to get back up. And tonight they fell down. I want to see how they get back up in the next game. And you know what? If they fall tomorrow night, so be it. They're going to get up at some point. The sun will rise at some point. But you can't just say that, oh, the team is inept. That's why this team sucks. You can't like you can't just say that. They're miscoached. Why? Yeah, well, A. Okay, they, so at the end of the they, season, they, you evaluate the status of the coach, and you move forward with that. The coach, yes, it's the in-game stuff is questionable. But questionable. He can't I'm coach his it's way out of a paper. He can't coach his way out of a paper bag. He's showing over the last Mike, two seasons. Mike, you wouldn't let me finish. Okay. Let, let me finish what I was gonna say. Because okay. yes, the in-game stuff is questionable, but you learn you see what the players are saying behind the scenes. The players clearly give a damn about Steven Silas because you know, after that, you know, Steven Silas is gonna get fired, you know, report. They won seven games in a row. You're, you're telling me that the players aren't responding to Steven Silas? Look, and there, there's a whole – there's so many factors and variables through this, but we've talked about it. And, like, this is normal. Like, this shouldn't be a surprise. And the fact that you're acting all brand new, it's like I don't understand it. Well, I'm not acting brand new. I'm, I'm it, it feels brand new because – like, yeah, but it's responding to games as they happen. The last but Mike, two games, you can't respond to one game and that be. That's what it. we do. No, no because okay. one this one game does not define the Rockets' season. All eighty-two games define the Rockets' season. So you're telling me right now they're not playing inept, lost, uh, uninspired basketball. Right now, They'll, over, over the, the last two games. Season? Over the course, of, okay. I'll say. Let me start. I'm saying here. over the course of the season or tonight. I'm saying where the team, the state of the union with where the Rockets are right now, because that's what you and I do. We talk about the every single game. I'm saying that recently, over the last two games. And also, I'll give you this. I'll give you this. I'll give okay. you this. Over the course of the Rockets season, the team is was projected to, and I said this already before. I'm not bringing up new points or anything like that because I've said really all that I need to say. The Rockets were projected to win 13 games up until this point. They've won 11. They are underperforming slightly, but not enough to me where it's that alarming. If they, if they, if you had come to this point in the season and they, you know, were five and 36, then yeah, I would probably be a little bit more alarmed, but they're only two games off of their pace. That doesn't alarm me too much, especially considering the fact that the team has gone through a number of injuries with key players. And to me, this team is still trying to figure itself out. So the second half of the season, do I think they could make up those two games? Yeah, I do, actually. Um, and, you know, we'll get to the end of the season. If they can get to 25 wins by the end of the season, it will be an okay, we did what we were expected to do. It's still not our standard, but – Let's build off of this. This season is to set a baseline for yourself because last season they went rock bottom and we knew that this year. Okay. We're going to get to a point where we're going to get a little bit higher than that. Next season, we have the bar that we set for this season. So let's say we get to 25 wins this season. Okay. Next season, our goal is to get to 30 games. Then the following season, let's hope, Hey, let's get to 35, 36. Maybe we can try to get to 40 if we do some things right. Hey, next season, okay, we're around the 11-12 spot. Maybe let's try to go for uh, that top 10, that play-in. 
if things go right, if we stay healthy, if the players that we have continue to develop at the pace that they are. To me, those, those we're goals. on the right, like we're on that path. We're still very, we're in the infancy stage of, the, of this rebuild and the infancy fa- stage sucks. Babies suck. Babies, all they do is they cry, they whine, they poop. Nobody likes any of that. And this team is poop right now. Yes, because that's what a baby does. A baby poops. So yeah, they're supposed to be poop. My thing is, is that you sound okay with those incremental steps forward. I'm yeah, not, because that's how a rebuild works. Not how. There's no, there's no playbook to I, a rebuild. I would be concerned. There's, there's no if, playbook to a rebuild, though. Like that's my, that's what I'm saying. There is though. There is a, there is a no, playbook to a rebuild. The Rockets are. are What's the playbook? The play. What, you get exactly number what of draft picks? Look at what the the Suns did. The Suns in three years went from the worst team in the league to the NBA Finals. So you're going to tell me that the timeline you just built out, you would be okay with, correct? If but you Mike, just said it was, if they went from but it, Mike, it was 25 years, to 30 was, to 36. It was three years and a Chris Paul trade later. That's my point, though. And that, in, that, that in the three years followed um, another five of missing the playoffs. It took Devin Booker until – it took Devin Booker three years to go from, you know, mid-lottery team – to the worst team in the league. And then they then they started from there. The Rockets didn't have a Devin Booker coming into this. The Rockets didn't have a trade to Chris Paul. So comparing the Rockets to the Suns is just not no, it's not, not comparable. I'm not yeah. comparing the Rockets to the Suns. I'm well, saying what the, no, hold on. Listen to what I said. I said look at what the Suns did. That's all I'm saying. Look and at I'm how the saying, Suns built I'm it saying up. you can't look at what the Suns did and say, "Oh, the Rockets should be in the finals in 3 years." I'm not saying the Rockets should be in the finals. What I'm saying is every, I don't care every about rebuild is different. Every rebuild full. is different. You can't just look at one team's rebuild and say that's how the Rockets are going to rebuild. But that's we don't know the, how it's going to go. The no, future, we know. The, the future is the unknown. We don't know exactly how it's going to work. The but, Rockets will never make it to a finals with Tillman Fertitta as the owner. Ne- they'll never, they'll I think that's unfair on Tillman Fertitta. Why? He had a shot to prove himself, go spend the money. When he had the roster to do it, he didn't go into the luxury tax. That's what I'm saying, dude, is that the Rockets have so many more fires to put out than I think anybody realizes. And that's what's sad and I frustrating. Just, and I just angry. think that this is like I, I get your perspective, but it just it comes across just it, it just doesn't like. Yeah, you're looking. I think, Mike, you're looking too much into what happens, what happened tonight and last night. And you're and you're saying that's what's going to be. For the future, we don't know that. I'm not saying you're right or wrong, but th- what I'm saying is we don't know that. We can't draw that conclusion based off of two games. It's not just two games. They're 11 and 30 on the year. They're terrible. Okay, we They're still downright cannot, bad. Okay, after 41 games, we cannot draw a conclusion on this rebuild after 41 games. No, but you can we draw. Cannot draw you can a draw conclusion on Stephen Silas. Halfway through the season, no, but you, you can't can draw a conclusion on Kevin Porter being a point guard or not a point guard after 40 games. It's just not enough of a sample size. I don't and agree. The thing is, Mike, I feel like we're going to have this conversation a couple more times this season, probably a few more times next season as well. Whatever it takes, because this is what the reality is for the Rockets right now. It doesn't make them inept. It doesn't make them terrible. It doesn't make them incapable of winning the finals because of their owner it doesn't do any of that it's just one game it's one game it's it's trends though look at the season man look at where they are and by the way it's not judging steven silas just on this season he was here last year too yes but last year was an incomplete for him because of all the covid stuff he had to go through and the trading in the middle of the season that he had to go through like to me this is year one of the steven silas era true year one Okay. Now, let me ask you a question. You, Jeremy Brenner, would you fire Steven Silas at the no, end of the year? No, no. Okay. Because I see how the team responds to Steven Silas. You saw what Kevin Porter said about him, and that doesn't – and, you know, he said he means the world to me, and, you know, we mean the world to him. That doesn't mean that if he's doing a terrible job, you fire him, but at the same time, you do have to take into consideration – what firing a guy like this, given the ro- given the roster that he's had so far, you you have to put into consideration how a roster like this would react and if it would be positive or negative for their development. And I think 
you give Steven Silas at least one more year and you put, you, you turn up the burner on the seat because yes, the results aren't coming there, but you have to keep into consideration. He has one of the worst rosters in the league. And then you move to next year, you improve his roster a little bit and you place his expectations at a reasonable spot. And if he doesn't meet those expectations, then you have more reason to consider moving on. But I think right now the expectations for this team are not too far off to where I would fire Steven Silas. And the expectations will rise every year as the team gets better with its draft picks and its talent. So it's up to the Rockets to decide whether it's whether Silas is the right guy, depending on the expectation they place upon him. They shouldn't be placing too high of expectations on him given the team's current roster situation. And I think at this point, Steven Silas, I think 25 is a very fair number, and Steven Silas is not too far off of that right now. So for me, I'm saying stick with Silas now, and I think he'll be the head coach next year. I do. Um, And honestly, probably the year after that. I think four years is enough for me because he has a four-year contract. So you might as – if you if you fire him after two years, you're still paying – you're paying two guys to be your head coach for two years, one to be your head coach and one to not be your head coach. That's something that you don't just, you know, oh, it's so easy to do because it's not our money and it's not our organization. And look, I think if Steven Silas really wasn't the right guy, he'd be fired by now. I don't but, agree with that. But I, I don't – like at this point – at this point, we're not looking at tonight's game and saying this is why Steven Silas should be fired. And we're not looking at the first 41 games because the thing with Steven Silas is he's had his bad moments, but he's also had some good moments in there too. And I don't want this one or two game losing streak that they've had where the defense has been pretty poor, but I don't want these two games to define and to knock out all of the bad moments that he's had because he's had some good moments here. Let me ask you, let me, let me ask you a follow-up question. Mm-hmm. Who do you think would be a better coach for this roster, Steven Silas or John Lucas? I think Steven Silas. I don't agree. Because I think Steven Silas is more of, I, personally, I think, well, look, they have the choice. They have the choice. Steven Silas or John Lucas, and they mm-hmm. went with Steven Silas. To me, I think John Lucas is comfortable in the role that he's in, and I think Steven Silas is someone who has had a lot of different coaching backgrounds he's had different players he's he's been in different rebuilding situations and he's proven to be successful remember he came in the year before he left came in with the number one most efficient offense in nba history the year before he came to houston and he was the right hire he was the right hire when they made it yes he was i'm gonna i'm still gonna back him up on that it's still two years later though and it's like the thing with john lucas is john lucas is in the right position because he is more of an individual guy. I Steve John Lucas, the last time he was a head coach was 20 something years ago. We don't know if he's going like, and to, and to put all of that pressure on him, it's something that we don't know, to be honest. So when you ask that question, I think Steven Silas, because he's qualified and he's proven that he's qualified and he's proven that this is his moment right now. And he's proven that he's qualified. That's not necessarily saying that what? John Lucas would be a better coach or a worse coach. But I do think that, we can't just – I think we are putting too much emphasis on this whole Silas thing. I think tonight is – look, it's an indication of the, the defense needs to get better. If that wasn't proven on on Friday, it's definitely proven now. And you have to work towards uh, – you have to work towards progress. And also you have to understand that progress doesn't necessarily come with a snap of a finger. Let's let's hear what some listeners say. Let's hear what some listeners have to say. Uh, let's talk to Ryan first. We're going to make it brief tonight because we are running a bit late. But um, Ryan, welcome to the show. Anything to add? Yeah, how's it going, guys, besides this loss? What's up, Ryan? We're good. Um, so nothing against our team, but, yeah, they are bad this year. And honestly, uh, no offense. And it hurts to say this, but I was looking more forward to Clay Thompson's return tonight than I was the Rockets game. There's nothing wrong about that. That's it's it's it's, it's, it's been really hard to watch. And Timberwolves are garbage. There's nothing good. Like 
you know, me, me and Mike, we feel the same way about this team. I mean, we say, say we were like two peas in a pod almost with the Rockets this year and last year. We're sick of it. We're over it. Um, Steven Silas might not be our guy. I wish they went with uh, uh, who was uh, the I forget who 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 the big names were last year, but Steven Silas wasn't our. Um, so let's let's say this, Ryan. Let's say this. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out a hypothetical. You don't necessarily have to answer it or not, but let's say you move on from Steven Silas. Let's say it's after the year. Who who do you get? Who do you go get? And how do you know that they are proven? How do you know that they will perfectly work with this roster? Well, is Terry Stotts still out there? Terry Stotts still out there, and that's a decent name. But we'll say this about Terry Stotts: is is he a veteran coach? Yes. Could he work? Yes. But also at the same time, there is an unknown, and when you go into the unknown, you take a risk, and at least. With this group of guys, the coaches and the players that they are putting through, at least you are working towards something and you can get that core to work together. And I think with that consistency, you're able to move forward a little bit easier because you have that cohesion. If you change the coaching staff, you have to put your players in through a totally new system and you run the risk of that not exactly meshing or not exactly gelling, especially when you have such a popular head coach like Steven Silas. So I'm not saying because Steven Silas is popular, he should be the guy forever, but you run the risk of when you do bring someone new in that it might not work as well as you would envision it on paper. You have to give a full evaluation. That's why, that's why coaches get these contracts for four years and you get that four year evaluation, see where the team started when you started and where the team is now, and if it's not where you want it, then you don't give them a second contract. Yeah. Well, okay, so, Mike, to, to, to what you're talking about, talking about with us needing a real, or needing a real point guard, uh, I know we talked about it a while back, and it hasn't been brought up in a while, but we got to take that risk and go for that Ben Simmons trade already. I'm. Uh, you need to just try it out and see what happens. You have nothing to lose at this point. John Wallace is sitting there. You have plenty to lose. You have plenty to lose on a Ben Simmons trade. What do you have to lose on a Ben Simmons trade? You have plenty to lose because you have to you, you give up part of your future. And Ben Simmons, as we mentioned, the reason why they didn't trade for him to begin with was because the ceiling of a Ben Simmons-led team is not as high as a draft. You don't know that. They went for best possible. Look, does Ben Simmons raise the floor? Yes. But then again, Mike, you run, again, you run the risk. If this team had Ben Simmons last year, you don't get Jalen Green. Would you rather have Jalen Green right now or Ben Simmons? Well, I mean, I'd obviously rather have Jalen Green. Exactly. But, you're but here's the thing. like Ben Simmons at least gives you viable NBA talent ready to play right now. Right so, now. Like, you but saw what happened. Again, is the Rockets' goal to win right now? No. It should the goal be. is to win down be. the line. That's, see, that's the problem with the mentality of – winning down the no their goal it's a rebuild mike it's a rebuild that's the definition of a rebuild yeah but the goal of a rebuild is to get as good as possible as quickly as possible the goal of the rebuild is to win a championship the goal of you know getting ben simmons it might get you a little bit closer to the playoffs but it doesn't get you that much closer to a championship ben simmons is just not that kind of player ben simmons cannot be the one a guy on a team that wins a championship. He's proven that he isn't that already. You're going to so tell me he wouldn't look bring a guy like team. that in and expect a whole lot. Now, look, if you're asking me, okay, Ben Simmons for, you know, it would, it would depend on the price, but you don't want to risk that much um, of your future. And the reason why the Rockets didn't trade Ben for Ben Simmons to begin with, because they'd have to give up too much of their future. And it's just not worth it at this point. If they wanted to trade for him, they would have done it by now. It would be, it would be, so we would get, we would have to give up probably like, so it'd be Eric Gordon, Tice, Wood, or Wall, Wall, Gordon, Tice. We'd get, we get Harris, Simmons, and Thibel. Yes, the thing is, Ryan, the thing is, Ryan, is that's not what Daryl Morey's looking for. Daryl Morey's not looking for John Wall. Daryl Morey's looking for, uh, you know, a guy that's way bigger than that. And it's why he hasn't been traded yet, because 
nobody's willing to offer a Damian Lillard-type player, a top-20-type player for Ben Simmons. The reason why he's starting that is because that's just negotiation 101. It's you start with a higher price so that when you do move closer to the middle that you're getting a little bit more than probably what you deserve. You shoot for the moon and you land on the stars. But the thing is, the Rockets don't have stars right now, and it's why Ben Simmons coming to the Rockets doesn't make any sense. Daryl Morey's like, like, like they're just going to sit on, sit on him forever. You know, he has to he – he He's not, that. but he's also not going to trade him for John Wall. It doesn't help It doesn't help the Sixers win right now. He's only going to trade him for a guy that can get him to win right now, like a De'Aaron Fox for, for Sacramento or an Atlanta if, if they were looking for like a John Collins and uh, John Collins and Cam Reddish. Like that, that's a lot better than what the Rockets can offer. So that's why Ben Simmons is, is, you know, here, is not here right now. And the Rocket, like, I feel like these are the conversations we were having last season and earlier this season. Why are we still, like, I, I don't know what's, like, click, like, what's not clicking. Like, this is a rebuild. This is how rebuilds work. And look, yes, there's no guarantee that this is all going to re- work. But you at least have the potential, the highest form of potential of this maybe turning into a championship roster someday. If you trade for Ben Simmons, you ruin that ceiling. And if you trade these draft picks to go and get a guy like that, you ruin the ceiling. What the team needs to do is like follow the Suns model a little bit where you're getting these guys, you're implementing them, you're working in it. And then when you get to the middle of the decade, when you have a lot of this talent that's finally starting to get things going – and they're in the prime of their careers, trade those last couple of picks for a guy or attract someone in free agency to go and get a guy like that. And then you have a team that can actually contend. Right now, the Rockets are perfectly on this path. They don't know where the direction is going, but at least they are setting themselves up to where they're looking at the long term, the long, long, long term. They're not looking at 2021 or 2022 and saying this is where we went. Any Shame last thoughts, Ryan, before we move on to the, to the last speaker? Even right now, it doesn't seem – right now, it doesn't seem like uh, Jalen Green is our future. Really? Why Why do you think that? I just – I'm not seeing him get any better. Um, he's not our future. I don't, I don't see that. Like, Ryan, I'm going to be honest with you. If, you, if you're saying that you, you clearly haven't been watching, like, that closely the last couple of weeks – Jalen Green, since he come he's come back from injury, has had an incredible, you know, true shooting percentage, over 50%. He's averaged, you know, close to over 20 points a game. Yes, did he not play as well tonight? Sure. But you can't say that Jalen Green is not getting better and point towards the last several games that he's had. It's not it. But, uh, Ryan, appreciate you always. Thank you for coming up. Thanks, Ryan. Yeah, I just – to me, that's like – Jalen Green is the few, like that to me is just yeah. I think I also think part of this, Jeremy, like with what you said about Simmons, is I think it's fair to say there's another possibility that he's not here because they don't want to sign on for that contract. They don't like Ben Simmons' contract doesn't make sense. It's why a lot of teams don't want to trade for him right now, and the Rockets are just not the team to do it. Like, and I'm seeing like Miles Turner in the chat or. Or things like that. Like I would love Miles Turner. Yes, I, I would too. I would love LeBron freaking James, but we're not getting Okay. Him. Yeah, but the, okay. The difference between those two guys, one's obtainable and obviously one's not. And that's the thing is that – Miles Turner's not you obtainable know either. He absolutely is. No, he's not. Really give up the right package. Well, okay, but like why would – the Pacers want to rebuild. Why are they coming to the Rockets for it? Like the Rockets are rebuilding too. It doesn't make sense to get Miles Turner when – let me – let me look at Miles Turner's contract. No, the contract. It, either Eric, you can make it work with either Gordon or or uh, or Wood. No, but if you ask me, saying, would I trade Christian saying, Wood? Though, Mike. Would I it's trade not Christian even about Wood for that. It's not about the yes. money, or it's not about it's not about the fact that the trade can work. But how, can you really truly expect Miles Turner, who is as you know, at seventeen and a half million dollars next season, he's going to get a raise? Do you really expect him to come to the Rockets? If he's traded when here, he has yes. the potential to go and sign for a team with a decent amount of money with a better chance of winning a title soon. You got Christian Wood to come here. Why not Miles Turner? Especially if you trade for him. This is the thing, different, right? Different, the, different, different mentalities 
Like you, you have, that's why you and I work together is because we have totally different mentalities. You're thinking about 2025. You know how much can change between now and 2025? That's what the Rockets are thinking. Right. I'm thinking my opinions, my opinions are based off of facts. My opinions are based off of what the Rockets are currently doing. I'm thinking I am the voice as of right now for what I believe to be what the Rockets are thinking. Every move that Rafaelstone has made is how I form my opinions. And to me, the way Rafael Stone has built this team is this team is built for 2025. That's why I have those opinions because it's what the Rockets brass is currently doing. And I'm telling you that, yes, it'd be lovely to be able to go out and get all of these players right now. and be lovely to be able to be better than 11 and 30 right now, but that's just not the reality of what this team wants right now. This team wants to build with Kevin Porter, see what they have there. That's why they traded him for next to nothing. They they want to see what Jalen Green has in store. They want to see what Josh Christopher has. They want to see what Christian Wood has because he's on a very team-friendly deal. He probably should be making more than what the Rockets offered. You know, they want to see these guys and what they have up their sleeves. And they're building a team so that in 2025 or so, they can be a contender. They're not looking to be a contender right now. And it's just, that's it's, it's the facts. It's the facts of the situation. And that's why my opinions are where they are because of what the team is doing. Like it's, it's this whole argument of being a fan and not like, yeah, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. I've been a Rockets fan, you know, my whole life, but I'm also a Rockets analyst. I'm a Rockets journalist. And that's how I see the team right now. The team is not good right now. And look, the fan in me is right there with you, Mike. I'm pissed off. I do not want to see my team giving up 140 points or not, but I come to the podcast as someone who is a journalist, as someone who is an analyst of this team. And the anal- the analysis that it is, is this team is exactly where they're supposed to be. They suck because they're supposed to suck. And it's okay that they suck because that's what was supposed to be the thing. It sucks that they suck, but it's the reality. And we have we might as well accept the reality than try to fight it when we have when we as fans have nothing, no power whatsoever. But let's bring up Adam. Let's see what Adam has to say and add to the conversation. Adam, um, welcome to the Dream Take. Not too much time tonight, but yeah, we'd love, yeah. uh, we'd love to hear what you got for us. So what's Yeah, you guys have covered a lot. Um, Christian Wood, 17 of his 22 points came in the third quarter tonight. To me, he's just not a needle mover. I would be really interested in, in just looking at what percentage of Christian Wood's points comes after we're down by 10 or 15 points. And I would bet it's about 50, 50% or higher. He is just a player that just, he doesn't get moving until he just doesn't feel the pressure unless until there's basically no, you know, low to no expectations. And it's, uh, it's, we need to, we need to, we need to build up his trade value enough to get something of value um, before the rest of the league kind of finds out that, you know, there's a reason that Christian Wood isn't in New Orleans or Detroit or any other of the places he's in. Number two, uh, talking about Jalen Green, um, the last caller. Jalen Green is a star. So everything that, you know, everything that we're talking about should be put under kind of should be put in perspective of what can we do to really showcase Jalen Green and get him to be a, a, a star in this league and be recognized and to get all the adulation and all the other stuff and, and really love Houston. Cause we, when we talk, when you guys talked about this, the Phoenix Suns, Chris Paul went to Phoenix because Devin Booker was seen as an up and coming star stars attract stars. We got to build Jalen Green up and everything that we do and the coaching staff does should be from the perspective of how can we get Jalen Green to average 26 and six this season on, on, on high efficiency. And right now, I, I agree. I, you know, they they're bought they bought into KPJ and all, all these other players, but at some point we have to say, is KPJ hurting Jalen Green? Is Christian Wood hurting Jalen Green? Because at this point we're not going to win a lot of games. I don't care about the winning, but it's it's more so about are we really doing a disservice to Jalen Green out there? And I think we are. And I think he's actually been more mature as a person than I would in his position. You know, at this position, I would be. Expecting, I would be expecting Instagram, you know, you know, just, you know, you know, low, you know, 
low-key kind of slights of the Rockets at this point, just the way that he's been treated. And and we, we, you guys also talked about, I'm trying to cover as much as I can, you guys have talked about kind of KPJ and, you know, this, this team is really kind of tied in with Steven Silas. There are a few players that really want to get paid that have tied their futures to one another. KPJ is tied to Steven Silas. So it's in his best interest for Steven Silas, you know, for them to, to get along. But at some point, you don't cut off your nose to spite your face, and you have to come to a realization. We're not there nearly yet, but we have to come to a realization to say, is Steven Silas just over his skis on this thing? Because if you look at the Rockets, they're on track to be one of the historically worst defensive teams. And if you look at the Rockets' roster, you say, what, what, what is it about this roster? This roster is young and athletic. So either they have just a terrible low basketball IQ or they, they have a and or an incompetent bat, uh, coaching staff that doesn't know how to devise game plans for every specific opponent or to get buy-in and to instruct and teach the players on what they need to do. And I think it's a combination of both of those things. And these these are things that are issues. You know, I think the four year the four year kind of plan and kind of buying into Steven Silas is is understandable. But if you told Fertitta that you had Jalen Green and in four years you, that at that point you're gonna contend to be a playoff team, that would be that would be that would that would not be you know that would be not be a positive to me. And you know, touching on some, you know, so, so you know, who who would we want? You know, we're we're not nearly there, but who would we who would be a better fit for the Rockets? Well, I'd love Kenny Atkinson. We know that he done, he did it with the Nets, you know, and the, a Nets team that was just full of young players and basically was good enough to attract Kyrie Irving and then get you know get KD and and eventually uh, eventually Harden, but. He's a he's a he's a he's a he's a player's coach, but he's also great at at player development. And I just don't see a lot of player development from this team. I see just the second these these second halves. We are, we're always trying to find the silver lining, right? And I was much more kind of positive when we we were staying in the game with with a lot of these competent teams in the first half, down by five points or seven points at halftime, and then we lose it in the third quarter. But if you're consistently getting down by 20 points and, you know, and, and, and at, at halftime, that's, you know, I don't, I find very little to really glean from, you know, from a, from saying, Oh, we, we, we cut into that 25 point lead and we got it down to 13. The truth is, you know, teams are complacent, you know, and when it, when a team's up by 25 on a team, they take them for granted. And so that's less about the rockets, what, what we're doing. And that's more about, how you know what the deficit is and and i I just you know i want to see jalen green showcased and they in instead of showcasing kpj there's a reason two teams have already given up on kpj there's a reason uh, you know four or five teams have already given up on christian wood so let's let's really showcase jalen green let's get him to be a star let's get people talking about him so that we can get a player maybe not of the caliber of chris paul but people to want to come play with him and that's how that's how you that's how you stars win in this league. Stars with stars, yeah, and we yeah. need to. We need. We need a star. Christian Wood is not a star. KPJ is not a star. They're not going to be stars. I think. I think that's exactly. Role, I think but. that's exactly where it is right now, Adam. I think you've hit the nail on the head with the fact that. Um, first of all, I think everything you've said is correct. Um, but I think the problem with the Rockets right now is because I, I do think that they are still um, hesitant to really just hear Jalen. Here's the keys, and I do think that that is coming. I think that it will come soon, but at the same time, there is parts of Kevin Porter's game that can balance Jalen Green's game. But I think with Kevin Porter, I don't think he's really looking at, oh, let me let me try to be a beta for um, for Jalen Green. I, I don't think he's trying to be the Chris Paul to uh, Devin Booker like in Phoenix. I think he still thinks himself as a potential star, as someone that can be like a number one option. And when when you have a guy that that's that young, you really don't know where that's going to be. I do agree with you. I think that Jalen Green has the most potential out of anyone on this team. But the Rockets are still trying to maybe get something out of Kevin Porter and maybe get something out of Alfred Shengun. And I think that when we get to this point, 
uh, a couple like a year or two down the line, it's going to get to a point where, okay, like this is this is going to be Jalen Green's team, guys, and and we all need to run the team around Jalen Green. And if Kevin Porter isn't willing to be like the the number two to Jalen Green, I think he would be. I think he would be. I, I don't think he's he he comes across as a guy that that wants to be great and there there's greatness. You know, a lot of players are saying like, oh, like Kevin Porter is built different. But I do think that you know there comes a a, a time in everybody's career where they they have to realize maybe I'm not the number one and maybe I do need to go and be someone else's number two, like James Harden or like um, Kyrie Irving or, you know, like Anthony Davis, Dwayne Wade, like all these guys that were number ones at one point in their career and then realize I need to sacrifice if I want to win a championship. And it's going to come down to, well, does Kevin Porter want to win a championship or does he want to be the best that he can be like individually? And I don't like these are these are conversations that are going to happen down the line. It's not necessarily something that you have right now, but I do think that, you know, you have opened the crystal ball a little bit. And I do think that that is where this is going. But also you have but there's going to be more questions that are added of, well, what if the guy they get this year is is better? And what if that's the guy they want to build around? And then then we get to the point of who are you really building this team around of? Is it Jalen? Is it Shangun? Is it Jabari Smith? Is it Jaden Ivey? Is it Kevin Porter? And that can that can really screw up a team because there is no true direction. But I don't necessarily think they have to be in that direction yet. But I do think that the sooner they get to that position, the better. I, I, don't, think add- so. I, I don't think so either. I mean, I, I, young players, you, you listen to NBA players, you know, that first thing that they're looking to do, young players especially, they're trying to get that first big contract. That's That would be on my mind if I was KPJ. And I think that's, you know, he's like, how who gets paid in this league? You know, it's 20-point scores. If I was if I was the coaching staff, I would say, hey, KPJ, I need you to average 10 assists, seven rebounds a game. Forget about the scoring. You know, whatever you score is gravy, but I need you to be a leader on this team. Christian Wood, I need you to I need you to average 15 rebounds and and be a defensive presence. And, you know, and 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 the points will come as well. But there's they're they're expecting it's it's just it's 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 just frustrating. I just I don't see a lot of these pieces fitting, and and so I don't want to give up on KPJ, you know. And I want to get something for for Christian Wood. So maybe you stagger the minutes with with KPJ and Jalen Green. Because I don't want to see Jalen Green being treated like PJ Tucker out there. He's not PJ Tucker. But that's a lot of what I see. Not not all the time, but for far too long, you know. But also, just, there could be a sense of let's let's get Jalen to figure out how to move without the ball before we get him to figure out how to move with the ball. And look, this is all conversations that the coaching staff is thinking. Um, and, or maybe they're not, maybe they, maybe they're not, maybe they are kind of just trying to figure out who they want to run this team around. And I do think that as the games go on, Jalen Green is becoming more of that um, answer and honest, but also at the same time, when Jalen was out, there was looks of maybe Shangun's the guy you build around. And I think that there isn't enough time to really focus that yet. And uh, yes, like, I think that, I think you're right, Adam. I do think that there will be a a time where it it is, you know, more obvious that Jalen Green is the guy that you do end up building the team around. But give it like, but also have you given KPJ that, that full chance yet? Have you given Shengun that full chance yet? And I think the Rockets are simply just, dotting their eyes and crossing their teeth and making sure that they aren't missing a potential route. I appreciate the time and you know, sorry to go a little no, long. Thank you, Adam. Appreciate it. Thanks, Adam. All right. Mike, anything to add for what Adam said? Nope. Okay. Perfectly yeah. All right. I think this is a good place to park the rocket ship for now. We've got Philly tomorrow. Um, hopefully it is a uh, different results, but Hopefully we can uh, figure figure this out, and who knows? Maybe we'll get a Rockets one. I mean, you know, I think I think tonight there was a lot of conversation, a lot of different perspectives, a lot of different uh, ways to go about it. But at the end of the day, um, 
this is like this. We care about the team, but at the same time, we have to understand that we don't have a lot of control with what happens with the team, even if we think we do as armchair GMs and as armchair, you know, long lost cousins of Rafael Stone. It's just, you know, let's let the Rockets do what they do and let's not be too quick to um, judge what's going on. I think that's something that has been a theme recently with Rockets Twitter. And um, it's something that we, it's easy to do. It's easy to judge after a game or two, but you know, when when you're a rebuilding team, nights like this are going to happen. So um, I think there's a lot of people that think that we don't have any time to waste, but I think there are other people that think that we do. And, and either opinion is fine, but the Rockets right now, they are playing the long game, and that's that's what we have to uh, that's what we have to accept if we're truly fans of this team. And if you're not, if you don't want to see a team waste their time or or play the long game, then go watch the Warriors. They're they're going to be competing for a championship this year. Go watch a team like that. But um, please be sure to go follow the Dream Take on Twitter at the Dream Take and at DreamShake SBN. You can also head to our website www thedreamshake.com, home of all things Houston Rockets on SBNation.com. You can also head uh, to our Facebook page. Give us a like over there. If you are on Facebook, be sure to follow my co-pilot on the Twitter, Mr. Michael Brown at BSW podcast underscore MB. And you can follow me on Twitter at Jeremy Brenner. That's J-E-R-E-M-Y-B-R-E-N-E-R. Thank you to our live audience here on Spotify Greenroom. Thank you to our speakers for tonight. And we'll catch you all tomorrow night here back on Spotify Greenroom. Thank you guys so much. And until next time, go Rockets.